morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are and whenever it is on this December day, provided you're listening in December. This is Robert Bolin. This is Coffee and Christ. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. This is my weekly share of the daily practice that has transformed my life over the years. And um, yeah, some mornings you really need a dose of God and that's why I was so excited to wake up this morning. I just had that feeling that, um, you know, I was asking God to speak to me this morning. So let's get right in. For those of you who are new to the podcast, it is totally unrehearsed. I just open up the word from a couple of different sources, depending on how it goes. And I share with you my reaction. So let's start with the verse of the day. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. I, I just, you know, this is just, especially the season now that we're in, getting ready to celebrate, celebrate Jesus' birth, so wonderful. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Um, it is so beautiful that, that that actually happened and He came for us. God sent His only Son. We've all heard that before. But I think the power in it for me is being able to rest in that in every circumstance, every situation, every moment. Um, It's full of grace and truth. So that's a choice that I have every day is to recognize that the Holy Spirit is in me. Um, The glory of God is in me. And I think the, the, you know, it's tough. That's what I think make, that's what I think makes it, makes living in the world a struggle. It can be a struggle. As if, you know, if I would go back and forth between trying to, you know, live in this world like this world lives and bopping back and forth and and resting in the glory of God you know I can't do both I've got to be firmly in in one world and when the the um, the conflict and the confusion comes in or the disjointedness, if you will, between this world and uh, the world of grace and truth, the world Jesus came to grant each one of us. You know, I'm going through a neurocycle now where I am. The whole goal is to just glory in the fact that I'm following Jesus 100% regardless of because what I would do in in situations um, I've gotten better over the years at it I remember when I first uh, 
accepted God and said I would follow Jesus the rest of my life, there was such a relief and I was just on fire. And, and um, you know, we always hear that term, you're on fire for God. And I sure was, and I still am. But what I noticed was I was hesitating a little bit or I wasn't, you know, as, as full on embracing I was embracing it, but I wasn't showing it on the outside or being driven by the Holy Spirit. I would hesitate about taking the action that I felt the Spirit was leading me to take. Well, this neurocycle has helped me to get back on track there. So the Holy Spirit um, is alive and well. And what it's allowed me to do here is to not react or not try to um, worry isn't the right word but be concerned with with people's reaction to me following the Holy Spirit following that guidance so it's a beautiful thing Uh, so I love this the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us we have seen his glory the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth love it and it happens to be just so happens that I'm doing a study on the Holy Spirit so isn't that interesting let's see okay so I did just getting caught up here Here we go, we're gonna get in right now. For those of you who are new, yes, this is, that's why this is not rehearsed. I'm literally doing it. All right, the Holy Spirit is our empowerer. Jesus told his early followers that when they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they would be clothed with power from on high. That sounds noisy and disruptive. Sounds like something that would shake the world. Wherever the spirit goes, he changes people in into radicals. He gives them the power to preach boldly, heal sick people, even raise the dead. See, that's what I'm talking about. Isn't it so ironic? We read the verse of the day, what I'm going through, and I knew this morning that there would be something powerful for me today. Oh my gosh clothed with power from high. Hundreds of years before the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the early church on the day of Pentecost, the Old Testament prophet Ezekiel, newly appointed, anointed as a priest, got a free preview of how God would send the Holy Spirit to empower his people. The preview came in the form of a technicolor-like vision that included a stormy wind, a cloud that glowed with fire, flashes of lightning, and strange four-faced cherubim empowered by God's divine energy. What God was sharing with Ezekiel was the miracle of Pentecost, when God would clothe his people with power from on high. The early disciples would not only hear the sound of rushing wind and see flames of fire descend on every believer's head, but also be infused with untamable qualities, supernatural strength, fierce courage, uncanny boldness, and an unusual ability to see into the invisible realm of God's mysteries. I'm not suggesting that he brings disorder or chaos. 
God is not the author of confusion, but too often the American church has tried to confine the Holy Spirit, muzzle him, constrain him, or shoot him with a tranquilizer gun so we can maintain control. See, there we go. That's exactly... Oh my gosh, that's exactly what God wanted me to hear. Oh my gosh, this big, beautiful bird just flew by. I don't even know what it was, but it was huge. <laughs> mm. Maybe that was the Holy Spirit flying by. I love it. All right, here we go. I fear that in some cases we have begged this wild spirit of God to stay away from us so we can play our tame version of church without his unexpected interruptions. That's what I'm talking about. Woo! I love it. If we are honest, we will admit that the church has become so weak, timid, and compromised with the world that we do not even remotely resemble the powerful Christians in the first century who bravely preached the gospel, worked miracles, and even gave their lives in martyrdom to serve Christ. This is, this is my heart. That's what I want to be like those early Christians, and I am like those early Christians. Watch out, world. <laughs> I love it, and it's all for the good. Yet the promise remains for us. Any Christian daring enough to invite the Spirit to empower him can experience all the manifestations of power that operated in the early church. That, my friends, is so powerful. That is what... I am making a note about here, and I'll be talking about this, I'm sure, on social media. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so good. Here we go. I'm going to pop this in here. What is today? Today is the 22nd. Let's do that. B. Trying to bold it. All right, now let's get a paste up in here. <clears throat> oh, this is so good. You guys feel that? The power of that? Oh my goodness. All right, now, so from Luke 24, then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they had saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is myself. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it, because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with 
power from up high. And I have to share this. So one of our leaders in Life Transform, Tim, gave us a good definition of repent yesterday. I'm going to probably mispronounce this. Metonadio. (laughs) Metonadio. Whatever it is. And it's think about it in a new way. So when Jesus here talks about Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Think about things in a new way. Think about things in a new way. That's what Jesus came to have us do. It's so good. Oh, I thought they were going to give me the verses, but they didn't. Oh, well. This is so really good. So really good. Um, and this is how God works. It is truly how God works. <clears throat> so good. I'm just going to copy this. save that later all right now let's see i am actually also reading oh i just finished the book of jeremiah so now i'm going into lamentations i'm going to read the intro to that the prophet jeremiah wrote the passionate little book of lamentations after the babylonians captured and destroyed jerusalem it is a deeply personal work displaying the raw emotions of a prophet in response to the brutalization of Judah. Although, they had, although he had predicted these people's exile and rebuked them from their, or for their unrepentant hearts, he deeply felt their pain and hurt when foreigners killed many of them and forced most of the others in exile in a pagan land. This book feels like the book of Psalms, full of emotion and reflecting the heart of a leader who desires the best for the people he once influenced. At the same time, it captures the mind of a leader who never wavers from his convictions, even when he must stand by them all alone. You know, that is speaking to me so good. I love it. Midway through the book, Jeremiah reminds the people that repentance is all God requires and that he renews his mercies every morning. Listen at this, you guys. There's that word again, the repentance. Oh my gosh. Think about things new. I love it. Jeremiah is rightly called the weeping prophet and Lamentations summarizes his cry for the people. We learn again that a leader cannot divorce himself or herself from the people he or she leads. Good leaders model both the heart and the behavior they want others to embrace. Someone once said, don't get too far out in front of your people or they will mistake you for the enemy. While standards must be upheld, the leader cannot hold those standards in some cold, distant fashion, unfeeling of the people's heart. Good leaders are more than entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs can act alone, but leaders cannot. By definition, this is so good. This is John Maxwell. By definition, they have followers whom they always want to take with them. Jeremiah knew what was best for the people, but he did not force them to cooperate. He pled with them to obey, but they refused. As a result, he lamented their apathy 
and their wasted potential. You know, that's what I see in the world today is a lot of apathy. So this is speaking to me. As you read this book, allow the emotions of this weeping prophet to penetrate your own heart. You know, I often feel like, I think Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, <laughs> because I feel like I see the beauty and the wonder of God, and I want that for everybody. I really do. Do you care for the people you lead to this degree? Yes. Are you as concerned for the one lost sheep who fails to take the journey as you are for the 99 who go? Do you really love the people you lead? Connected to iPad one zero. Perhaps Jeremiah can mentor us. So good. So just on the interest of time, I'm not going to get into Jeremiah one, but if you're inspired by what I've read so far and you're fired up like I am, Maybe this is something that you would want to do today is, is jump into Lamentations. And now you've got the intro, so you can jump right into uh, chapter one. So that will wrap it up for Coffee in Christ today. I am so fired up. You all saw how God works in amazing ways, tying three separate areas all together. And, um, you know, the whole repentance thing and thinking anew and boldly speaking the gospel. I think that is just beautiful stuff. So until next time, which will be Monday. So Merry Christmas to everybody. The next podcast will come out after Christmas Day. That'll be Chasing Freedom Momentum Monday. And then next Thursday, we'll come back with another version of Coffee and Christ. And again, Merry Christmas. Celebrate Jesus. That is the best thing to do in this holiday season. Okay, see ya.